1: Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here. Seems like forever since we've done this program, but I'm coming to you live. I would say as usual, but it hasn't been usual for the last two weeks, but here I am in the offices of Live in the Balance here in Portland, Maine, and it's time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. Uh, lots of emails do stack up when I don't do this program um, for a few weeks. Let's see, where was I? I was speaking in uh, Sweden two Tuesdays ago and then Norway that same week. And then uh, last week I was at the annual conference of the National Association of School Oh, no, no, that's not why I didn't do the program on Monday. But I was at the National Association of School Psychologists last week uh, speaking. Um, last Monday was President's Day here in the United States. Um, so, two weeks off. Lots of email to answer, but also lots of time to take calls. That number is 347 347- nine nine four two nine eight one callers always take priority on this program, and uh we have one already, so I'm going to bring our caller on the air and we'll see if we can get to as many emails as possible today as well, but caller from area six code six four seven you are on the air. How are you today?
0: Hi, Ross. How are you? How are you? I am well good good um you 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 probably are familiar with my voice. I'm not sure if you're able to play to me. Um, I have spoken to you in the past. Um, on this program. On this program, yeah, and in, and in another kind of context as well. But um, if you don't remember then that's okay. I'm okay with that. So
1: That's okay. But, and we um, don't use any identifying information on the program. So yes, your voice does sound familiar, but either way, it's okay.
0: Exactly. So I have myself and um, my colleague here uh, sitting with me, and um, um, we we have a specific question about a student without revealing identifying information, of course, and we're Mm -hmm. wondering if we can have your direction in terms of moving forward, because we're finding that, well, I'm finding specifically that I'm kind of stuck, and I feel like I'm on a carousel. And I'm constantly seeing that white horse on the carousel. So um, go for it. I was wondering how much time you have.
1: Well, um, my only question is whether it would be better for you to call into the Educators Program, which is next Monday, and then you would get the weigh-in from not just me. And we could even plan for it so that we all know that you'll be calling at the beginning of the program. Um, it might, especially if, this is, if you feel that this is going to be lengthy, it might be better for you to call into that program um, so you could get the expertise of all of the principals who have been using the model in their buildings as well as me. But it's really up to you. I think it might be better on the parents' program um, if it's not going to be too lengthy, then that's fine. If it is, then maybe better for the educator program. Your call.
0: I, th- I think um, just to answer the first part of your question, yes, it will be lengthy, um, just because we want to, to provide a little bit of context. And to answer the second part of your question, I think it would be beneficial. I'll have my colleague chime in here. But I think it would be beneficial also in addition to hearing kind of your feedback to include um, school administrators around this issue as well, because I'm feeling stuck, and I think um, having, you know, an additional set of ears would obviously be helpful uh, in this situation. So I'm going to let my colleague chime in here, and she can – I'm okay with waiting a week to call in, and I think if it's planned, then, you know, perhaps we can look at – you know, some of my own talking notes personally that I wanted to share and revise or refine them as needed. But I'll let my colleague chime in. Hi there. Um, Hello. Yeah, we just have a – hi. My name is Melissa, sorry. Um, We do have this student who's um, just a little bit challenging, and we're all collaborating as a team to try to work together and sort some things out. He's actually uh, currently in an alternative learning environment, so um, we're just trying different strategies, and we're working through this collaborative approach. And um, he's kind of complex, so we'd like to see kind of where to move forward because he's taking, taking control of our, que- our line of questioning. <laughs> so um, if, if it would work better next week, I think that um, we can definitely hang tight till then.
1: Let's do it then. It's at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time next okay. Monday, and we will count on you all calling in, and we'll have a discussion about the student who's, um, who you're a little stuck with.
0: Okay, perfect. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rob.
1: You bet. Talk to you soon. Bye.
0: Bye.
1: Um, yeah, that sounds like an educator one that we could sink our teeth into on our program next week. Uh, Let me give you the call-in number again, 347-994-2981. Yes, I do tweet when this program is about to go on the air. And if you want to sign up for that Twitter feed, you can do so on the home page of the new Lives in the Balance website. Sometimes I misspell words in my tweet so that the first tweet that went out this morning said, Parenting your challenging child is on the R live in one minute, A-R-E. Then I corrected it and put A-I-R as in air. Uh, R uh, probably makes it sound like I'm from a different country or some other country where they might say R instead of air. Um, let's turn our attention to the email here. Um, and we've got a bunch to get through. That doesn't mean you shouldn't call in. The call-in number, 347-994-2981. Hi, Dr. Green. My son has just turned five and has just begun school. I only stumbled across the idea of an explosive child a few weeks ago, but now have your book and have been having good success with dramatically decreasing the number of explosions at home. I gave the book to his teacher, and she has really taken to your ideas. Wonderful. However, my son is still very resistant to going to school. He begs me not to leave him there in the mornings. I'm beginning to wonder whether delaying his start to school may allow his emotional development to catch up to be able to meet the demands of school. Here in New Zealand, they are not required to begin school until age six. Yes, people in New Zealand listen to this program. Yes, I'll be speaking in Australia in October in the fall, 2014. Or if persevering with school will be the best thing to do, despite the fact that he isn't interested in staying with the class and quite often escapes the classroom, has explosions about not understanding the rules, and I suspect he may have some kind of sensory processing overload to do with touch, as being touched by people he doesn't know or trust results in an explosion and him running away. I also wonder if he gets overloaded by a lot of noise, for example, in a classroom, as he will hide under tables when he is upset. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Isn't it cool that technology permits us to be able to do this? That um, the model is helping kids all over the world and that we can answer questions like this and through technology people can listen to the answer? Pretty cool. I think. All right, so let me, let me, let me, let me try to jump in here. I think we need a list of unsolved problems. If you don't have one already, I think we need our list. I think the adults need to put their heads together and figure out what skills your son is lacking and what unsolved problems are associated with those lagging skills. Because while you may be right about some of the things you're saying, about the things that are upsetting him, it would be better if we took them out of the theoretical realm and put them into the observable realm. So one thing I'm reading in here, I would word it as difficulty staying with the class. And I might want to get more specific about that during XYZ activity. The, the reason that I'm wondering if some of these are more theoretical is because you're saying you suspect. You suspect he doesn't like being touched. You suspect that the noise... We'd want to get his teacher involved in trying to identify the lagging skills and unsolved problems as well. Because then we would actually have something to talk with your son about. So you want to get on the Lives in a Balance website, if you haven't done this already, and take the tour for parents. It's a section called uh, Walking Tour for Parents. Um, And you'll especially, as it relates to identifying lagging skills and unsolved problems, want to listen to the audio programming in the identify lagging skills and unsolved problems section of the tour. And once again, the tour was put together as sort of your guide to the key facets of the model. Let's get his unsolved problems and lagging skills identified. And then we'll have to prioritize which ones we're working on now, which unsolved problems we're working on now, and which unsolved problems we are setting aside for now, deferring until now. And then to your main question, um, I don't have any idea about whether holding your son back a year will solve the problems that are upsetting him this year that are causing challenging episodes this year. Um, In general, I find that the unsolved problems that are upsetting kids in year number one are still there in year number two. And so I think that you'll have a better sense about whether another year would do him some good Um, once you started talking with him about some of these unsolved problems and got his concerns on the table and um, really felt like um, you had a decent sense of what his concerns were and whether another year would make it more likely that either those concerns would be addressable or that the problems wouldn't still be there. That's what I would say. But I think you need a list. And um, the Lives in a Balance website can teach you how to make it. And the um, assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, which is the instrument you'll use to identify those lagging skills and unsolved problems, is available on the website as well. That's what it sounds like we need first. But if I missed something, email back, and I'll keep talking. No callers yet. Let's go to another email. Dr. Green, I have a child who is two years old, and she has moderate cerebral palsy and a genesis of the corpus callosum. She is also a twin to a sister with severe congenital bone deformities, dwarfism, and mild cerebral palsy. My question is, um, have you heard of a genesis of the corpus callosum? Uh, Have you dealt with it in any way? Uh, That is not something I am especially familiar with. My internet research shows that many of the behavioral issues my daughter has and that you describe in the audio book I am listening to of The Explosive Child. I'm just curious how often the two problems are recognized in the same child. As I'm sure you know, internet and anecdotal research can give a parent extreme end of the spectrum when it comes to a condition. I have read about people with ACC, a genesis of the corpus callosum, who didn't even know they had the condition until a separate condition causes them to discover it and other cases who are deemed permanently disabled as a result of their inability to deal with day-to-day life due to the social and cognitive challenges people with ACC typically display. suppose I have a slight advantage over other parents, since I think I may have an actual physical explanation for my child's tantrums and poor coping skills. But it doesn't take away the challenges on top of all the physical challenges my daughters face daily. Thank you for any help or suggestion or information you can give me. Always my pleasure. I'm looking up Agenesis of the Corpus Callosum now on Wikipedia. It's a rare birth defect in which there is a complete or partial absence of the Corpus Callosum. It occurs when the corpus callosum, the band of white matter connecting the two hemispheres in the brain, fails to develop normally. Actually, I have heard of this. Typically during pregnancy. I haven't worked with it, but I've read about it. The development of the fibers that would otherwise form the corpus callosum become longitudinally oriented within each hemisphere and form different structures. Now, associated syndromes and conditions, they're not really talking about the the unusual social behavior in childhood is often mistaken for or misdiagnosed as Asperger's disorder or other autism spectrum disorders. Um, They have been shown to have some cognitive disabilities, difficulty in complex problem solving, and social difficulties, missing subtle Social cues. They may also have vision impairments, low muscle tone, poor motor coordination, delays in motor milestones such as sitting and walking, low perception of pain, delayed toilet training, and chewing and swallowing difficulties. They may have difficulty transferring more complex information from one hemisphere to another. All right, I'm convinced i'm convinced that a genesis of the corpus callosum could make it far more difficult for a child to be flexible and adaptable, handle frustration adaptively, and solve problems I'm convinced, and this is the interesting thing that i'm paying attention especially to the sentence where you say that you have a slight advantage over some other parents because you have an actual physical explanation for your child's tantrums and poor coping skills. And yes, the next part of that sentence was, of course it doesn't take away the challenges uh, nor all of the physical challenges that your daughters face daily. It does sound like you have your hands full and that it's hard. But here's the interesting thing. Yes, um, you do have an actual physical explanation. Truth is, I'm not all that picky about the factors that can set the stage for challenging episodes. Anything, whether it's documented physical or not documented physical, just because brain science may not have gotten to the point yet where all of the brain issues that could compromise an individual's capacity for flexibility, adaptability, frustration tolerance, and problem solving, the science isn't there on everything yet. But it certainly seems to be there on agenesis of the corpus callosum. I'm convinced your daughter, who carries that diagnosis... Um, does have factors that could be interfering with her being flexible and adaptable, tolerating frustration, and solving problems. It is much easier when there is a bona fide physical explanation because, well, when there's a bona fide physical explanation, often people treat a child in a more humane way because there is a documented physical explanation. When there isn't a documented physical explanation, it's all left up to adult interpretation. Now, an, an adult interpretation sometimes goes in the wrong direction. Now, that doesn't mean that you're just because you have a physical explanation for some of your daughter's difficulties that you may not run into interpretations anyways, but The kids who get the most interpretation are the ones where there is no, just because the brain science isn't there yet, there is no documented physical issue to explain why they are compromised in the skills of flexibility, adaptability, frustration, tolerance, and problem solving. Will we ever reach that level of sophistication and precision on brain function? Well, we certainly seem to be moving in that direction, it's just that some parts of brain function are so nuanced that it might be harder to identify. Now here's the big question, and area code 703, I'll be with you in just a second. Here's the big question. Will your daughters respond to identifying their lagging skills, irrespective of cause? Will it, will it be helpful... And I think I know the answer. Would it be helpful to move beyond a genesis of the corpus callosum and get more specificity on the skills your daughter is lacking? Would it help be helpful to identify these specific conditions, I call them unsolved problems, in which your daughter is having challenging episodes? And, and I think that would be very helpful, at the very least, that would move us away from a more global description of her difficulties. And I'm not saying I have a problem with a genesis of the corpus callosum. It's um, just that it doesn't necessarily help us identify your daughter's lagging skills and these specific conditions in which those lagging skills are getting in her way. And that might move us even closer to finding out and you said that your daughter is two, Um, then you might be able to find out if she can actually participate in proactively and collaboratively solving those problems. Please do keep us posted. Um, Let us know how things are going. Let us know if you found that identifying lagging skills and unsolved problems was helpful. Good? And, of course, you're welcome to call in or email anytime you wish. That could be the person waiting on the phone right now. We'll find out. Um, First, I'm going to read an email from one of our listeners. uh, For our first emailer, Uh, we kept a log for a week and kept track of the two or three most important unsolved problems. That way you can work on the most important ones first. can't work on everything at once, otherwise nothing will get solved. The unsolved problems didn't happen overnight, so this will take some time, but the model actually saves time in the long run. Thank you for your email. Now let's take our caller from area code 703. You are on the air, what's up today? Area code 703. Are you with us? Going. Going. Gone. I'll try again in a few minutes. Let's go back to our email and read this one. Dr. Green really would love to hear from you. My son has difficulty in school and was recently placed on instruction in the home. Uh, he's not a bad kid, but he has gotten into a very bad pattern of acting out in school, and no one can deal with him. I have applied your strategies at home, and we are very successful. We cannot get school to use your strategies. Teachers are burned out and could care less, especially when my son yells at them. I need advice moving forward. My son is 12, and I have concerns for his future at school. Hmm. Well, without knowing your situation better, first of all, I'm sorry that you're in that situation. Um, Secondly, I'm sorry that no one at school can deal with him. Thirdly, I'm very... Well, third, I'm sorry that the teachers are burned out. I'm glad that your son seems to be responding to collaborative and proactive solutions at home. Um, you mentioned that your in your email, I didn't read this part, has PTSD and high-functioning autism. Um, your son goes to a school where they're not sure how to deal with high-functioning autism. Your school is obligated to educate your son. Um, I would need more details about how it came about that he's now being on home instruction. This has the earmarks of... uh, Earmarks, is that the right word? This has all the signs of... um, a kid whose school is not exactly sure how to deal with him, but they are obligated to educate him. And I'm wondering if they can't handle him, what other options they might have for him, even if those options are not in his school system, so that he can get the education that he is legally entitled to. That is my question. And whether him being schooled at home is more your choice or theirs. Whether you're good with that scenario, whether this is a scenario that you feel is being imposed on you, what other options are available for your son, whether with a little help your son could be educated in his home school or whether that's a lost cause, as you can see, There are many things I don't know about your situation that would permit me, if I knew them, to guide you with greater precision. A lot of unknowns. The best news is that your school is obligated to educate him and to pay for whatever education he needs. I wonder what those options are and whether there's a program that would be just perfect for him if it's not going to work out in his home school. But if you are right, they're burned out, especially when he screams, that doesn't give me optimism in his home school. What are our other options? I'm afraid that's as far as I can take you right now. What I'm going to do right now is see if our caller from Area Code 703 is with us. Area Code 703, are you with us? Yes, I am. Outstanding. Can you hear me now? Okay. I don't, I don't know why I couldn't before, but I can hear you now.
2: Well, I think it was a what? technical issue because I couldn't hear you on the phone before, but now I can hear you. So there you go. It's working I'm fine. I'm
1: delighted. Tell us so, what's on your mind.
2: Uh, so I have a seven-year-old daughter who has what I call the meltdowns, anger meltdowns, and they've intensified most recently. And I'm starting to—I stumbled upon your website and got got your book. Have read the book, and I'm starting Plan B, and I'm working my way through that. And it's challenging, and it takes a lot of work. But my real question is, which I didn't see addressed in the book, and maybe I just you know read over it, but. Until I can get to avoiding the meltdown, what do I do when she's in the meltdown? Got it. <laughs> Got it. When she's Thank raging you. and she's angry and she's kicking and she might be, you know, taking something off the table and there's papers and she'll throw the papers down, how do I then get her back focused and try to get her to breathe and calm down?
1: All right. So here's the deal. We want to get this organized. I'll, I'll promise to answer your question, but I want to reduce the likelihood of meltdowns first. Because quite frankly, you'd rather not be having to wonder what to do once you're in the middle of them than wonder what to do once you're in the middle of them. Yes? Correct. You'd rather not have to think about what should I do now that she's already screaming and doing whatever she's doing. To get it organized, we need to um, view it through the right lenses, and that means figuring out what skills she's lacking. We need to identify the problems that are being caused by those lagging skills. And to do that, on the Lives in the Balance website, in the resources section, in the paperwork section of the resources section, you'll find an instrument called the Assessment of Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems to help you out. Why do I want you to do that before I answer the question? I'll answer the question Wait before you do that because I'm going to answer the question during this call. Why is it important to do that? Because it makes challenging episodes highly predictable. And we want them to be predictable. And the good news is they are predictable, but they're only predictable if we figure out what problems are causing them in the first place. Behind every challenging episode your daughter is having is an unsolved problem that's setting it in motion. And so by using the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, and there's some, uh, audi- uh, if you take the uh, guided tour for parents, the walking tour on the Lives in a Balance website, and you go to the um, – on that tour, there's a section called using, uh, Identifying Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems. That will walk you through how you use it. So you, there's a little bit of a time commitment here. But if you're able to identify the problems that are setting in motion her episodes, they become highly predictable. And then good piece of news number one, you're not going to get surprised by them anymore. Not very often, anyways. Secondly, you're going to be in a position to prioritize which ones you're working on right now and which ones you're not. Now, let's say your daughter has 10, 15, 20 unsolved problems. It all depends on what they are. You're probably only going to be working on two or three of them and trying to solve two or three of them in the beginning. And you're going to be trying to solve those collaboratively and proactively and come up, figure out what's getting in the way for your daughter. You get to put your concerns on the table. This is all what goes into what I call plan B, and then come up with solutions. The remainder, you are setting aside for now. You are deferring for now. Now, why did I give you that whole bit before I answer the question, what should you do if you're in the midst of a challenging episode, because here's why. The ones that you are setting aside for now, deferring for now, shouldn't be causing challenging episodes, because those are demands you've decided not to place on your daughter right now. So we've just gotten rid of a big chunk of challenging episodes and also gotten you out of the business on those of deciding what should I do when she's already in the midst of one of these. The ones that you've decided you're solving now, you're going to be solving collaboratively and proactively. Those, I suppose, could still be setting in motion challenging episodes, but Probably not because you're working on them and you're working toward coming up with solutions. Certainly it's possible to have a challenging episode of a solution that isn't quite working. But if you do all of that and come up with solutions together and do it proactively, the whole design here is that you shouldn't be finding yourself in the heat of the moment very often what should you do if you find yourself in the heat of the moment? Defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. But now, let's hear a little bit more from you. First of all, how does all of that sound?
2: It's logical. I, I get it. It's logical. Yeah, I can, I'll give you the example from yesterday. We're on Good. our way to we're on our way to a kid's birthday party and we're driving in the car and her brother who's a year younger than her uh, clearly they're sitting next to each other and something's making somebody mad (laughs) and she bops off and hits him and then he bops off and hits her and the next thing I know I've got hair pulling in and everything else and then I start sort of saying stop you guys have to stop and then she turns right around, and then she'll start kicking the back of my chair, and, Mommy, you do this, and, Mommy, you do that, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you need to calm down. Let's take a breather. We're getting ready to go to a birthday party. Let's everybody relax. No. You know, and it goes off. So I something was, uh, happened between the two of them. Now, the there might have been something before. What?
1: Where, where was this? Where, they, they were going out. Yeah, of this is in
2: the back of the car. Right, yeah. They're in All the, right. you know, and they're in the captain's chairs in the van. And she's behind me. And so something escalated that. You know, and it could be, I've tried to think, okay, were we overtired? Were, I, were we rushed to get there? What was the impetus that then got those two fussing? Well, you know, I'm not sure I know what happened between the two of them, but that just seemed to be the trigger that then caused
1: it. it. But I'm here's not the sure deal. that that's he... the
2: trigger, but that's the, that was the final trigger.
1: But here's what we can say. Now, here's, here's, here's a huge question. Um, do those two kids of yours sometimes have difficulty getting along in the back seat of the car? Sure. Yes. That makes it. Now, I'm betting that if I asked you the following question, you'd say no, because the answer to this question is almost always no. Do they have difficulty getting along in the car 100% of the time? No good the answer is almost never no there are very few 100%ers but does being together in the car increase the likelihood that they will have difficulty getting along together at some point when they are in the back seat of their car of your car
2: it, yes by being being in close proximity
1: to each where, other
2: th- right where one can't escape to another room Or I can't try to direct them into another room, where I can't do anything except try to, you know, not scream. (laughs) Which is
1: all. Which, which, by the way, is all heat of the moment stuff. I mean, once once they're not getting along with each other, you're in the heat of the moment, right? Right. And and once you're in the heat of the moment, you're wondering what to do in the heat of the moment. And I'm my goal is to get you out of the heat of the moment, and so. What I just walked you through is we now have identified at least one unsolved problem, and that is difficulty getting along with your brother in the back seat of the car. Now, here's, what would hap- now, here's the good news. What I just heard from you is that, that although that isn't a 100 percenter, because there are often no 100 percenters, but being in the back seat of the car together does increase the likelihood of a challenging episode, we just made that highly predictable. By making it highly predictable, you can sit down with your daughter, if you decided this was one of your high-priority unsolved problems, and start solving that problem with her. Now, you might need her brother in the mix as well, but I'd sit down with your daughter first. And... The introduction of this unsolved problem. Remember, this is being done proactively because you're not going to solve this problem in the heat of the moment. All you're going to be able to do is get, get the heat of the moment in the heat of the moment, which is which is hard. Here's what the intro would sound like to your daughter. I wonder. Uh, uh, I've noticed that you and your brother sometimes have difficulty getting along in the back seat of the car. What's up? And now you are gathering information. And I'm betting your son will have some information to provide as well. And then y'all are going to be working toward a mutually satisfactory solution once you know what's going on in the backseat of the car. And here's the best part. You told us you weren't exactly sure what was going on in the backseat of the car. So this early information gathering, what I call the empathy step, which should be extremely informative – especially if you're not sure what's going on back there that causes them to get upset with each other. And now, not only have we made this highly predictable, we've come up with a solution so that maybe, just maybe, if that solution is working, they're getting along in the back seat of the car. Or, at the very <coughs> least, there's some solution that keeps them from bugging each other in the back seat of the car. Go ahead.
2: And so when you talk about the empathy, so let's say I'm having this conversation with your brother, and the answer is he's annoying. <laughs> okay, then I the the best thing for me to do is is you know sort of pair back or do the empathetic statement. Oh, your brother is annoying. How is he annoying? Nice. And try to get that level of detail back through.
1: Absolutely. Is, is that the
2: sort? Right, okay, so that's the empathetic statement that you're talking about, just trying to get that's, her yeah, to delve yeah, down until she can't anymore, I think, is part of it. You know, until, the, until I, He's just annoying left. and you know, he bothers her.
1: You know, he, well, I, just you as know. an example, his leg, I don't know what she's going to say. She might say yes. his leg bumps up against mine. Right. She <laughs> might say he plays his music too loud. She might say he hums. She or, might yeah. say, I don't know what she's going to say. But here's sure. what I do know. If all we know is that he's annoying, we know a little bit more than we did, but we don't know as much as we've got to know to get the problem solved. But if we know that he hums, if we know that he plays his music too loud, now we're starting to move into the territory where we might actually be able to come up with some solutions. Annoying, better than nothing, but not clear enough yet for us to actually think about how we're going to solve the problem. Here's the good news. It's not your job to solve the problem. It's your job to facilitate a process in which the problem can get solved. Um, A solution that's good for you isn't necessarily going to be good for them. So we're going to stay collaborative about this all the way through. But here's the other nice piece. Yes, when you first use the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, you're going to find that there are a lot of unsolved problems. And that can be a little bit overwhelming. But the reality is there probably are a lot of unsolved problems. And if we can get you solving those problems collaboratively and proactively, eventually that big pile of unsolved problems that are causing your daughter to get upset and that are causing you to wonder what you should do once she is upset are going to start getting solved. And little by little, you're going to be defusing, de-escalating, and keeping everybody safe a lot less because you're going to have solutions in place to problems that you identified, learned about, and solved. And that's the design here. What do you think okay. of that?
2: No, I think it's, yeah, it, it's a focus. you just got to keep focused on it. I have another quick question for you now that I have like one minute left. I, I've been looking for your trainings for parents, and I just noticed on your website this morning that your first one is on is in
1: March up in Maine.
2: Do you do these throughout the U.S. or do you mainly stick
1: within your I do them GF throughout I the U.S., and I, I know that you're in Virginia, and you're in right. an area code that, that I used to be in because I went, went to graduate school at Virginia Tech, and think that that's one of the most incredible places in the world. And actually, I'm up in Northern I, Virginia by. I'm sorry, I'm in oh, Northern Virginia by DC. Northern Virginia is nice too. Um, it is. I'm, I'm all over the place, so you want to watch the CPS Connection website to see if I'm doing any talks specifically geared toward parents in your area because they're constantly getting posted. Um, I'm in discussions with people routinely about coming and doing a talk. Sometimes it just takes a while to finalize them. Um, And you're welcome to call into this program anytime you want. Okay, great. Thanks for calling in today. Thanks. You bet. There you go. We've got to get out of the heat of the moment. And, um, well, at this point, we've got to get out of this program because time's up. I will um, be back next week with our parents panel. Talk to you then.